Hello and welcome to another episode of Dawncast. I'm Dai Lee. And I'm Kathy Ngo. And this afternoon we've got a wonderful, wonderful woman, Tony Lontis. Now, after 35 years in nursing across many specialties and levels of health, Tony sat down in 2018 to write about her life. Resilience, Memoir of a Broken Little Girl is a book about a woman discovering her own strength and beauty. So welcome to Dawncast, Tony. Welcome, Tony, to the show. Thank you so much, lovely ladies. What a pleasure to be with you this afternoon. Yes. So tell us about your book. Why did you start it? Uh, so uh, writing resilience was the culmination of probably about 10 years of hard work and healing after a whole series of traumatic events. So I was born with a preauricular sinus, which is a uh, facial defect, and that resulted in permanent damage to the left side of my face, in particular my left-sided facial nerve. And that left me with residual uh, paralysis that continued um, into my 40s. In my 40s, the lower side of my face started to heal and I started to have a dimple and a bit better of a smile in my 40s. And my 40s was also a time where I started to do some of that hard work on myself in terms of healing from all of the traumas that I'd been through. And I'd had a dysfunctional family upbringing, uh, the trauma of my face, uh, and then went on to uh, have elements of domestic violence, sexual abuse, divorce, miscarriage, all the things that can go wrong in life and that leave a traumatic imprint, mm. culminating with a major breakdown and dis diagnosis of major depressive disorder and anxiety um, back in 20, uh, 2007. And so at the end of that, in, in 2017, 2018, as I started to gradually talk a little bit more about what I'd been through and what I'd healed from, uh, people suggested that I should write a book. And that's precisely what I set out to do in 2018. The result is Resilience, Memoir of a Broken Little Girl Discovering a Woman of Strength and Beauty. And it highlights and talks about all of those tough things and difficult things and difficult places that I'd been in. And it was written from a place of healing, hope and happiness. And my desire was just to show that you can go through an enormous amount of pain and come out the other side and have a wonderful, healthy, happy life. 2018 wasn't too long ago, and I can imagine some of those experiences would have been really traumatic. So how how difficult was it to, to write? Or was it just, um, it was just basically everything that just flowed through the pages? Like, how, how did you write a book, like, like, in such a traumatic experience? It was difficult to write and um, there was lots of soul searching involved. So basically the way that I approached it was to start with um, probably the most traumatic and most recent trauma and that's where I started. And then I sort of wrote 
um, backwards and forwards. And at the end of all that, then I sort of put it into a format of chronologically what had happened. Um, it was despite being difficult and challenging to write, it was cathartic and healing. And I felt like I had let go of a lot of the pain associated with those memories and I wanted to then be able to use what I'd been through to show and help others and also that um, education um, component of wanting people to understand that this is what happens when you're in a vulnerable state and as a woman in particular how vulnerability opens you up to predators let's essentially say and I wanted people to understand that this is what trauma can leave in your life and how to confront it and deal with it. And I'd love to make sure that other young women don't go through some of the things that I did. And if reading the book helps them to not go some, through some of those things, that would be amazing. When when was that moment, though, Tony? Because, you know, people experience trauma, people... Um you know, as you've described, uh, being abused and, and dysfunctionality. But sometimes, you know, you, you sit, you get so um, in that world that you don't actually see that's happening to you. Yes. When was that moment Correct. when you kind of said, hang on, this got to stop. I've actually got to take control yes. of my life and turn this around. Yes. I think that that was probably... A period of about six weeks and that critical time would have been from the day my 18 uh, year old daughter disclosed to me the history of sexual abuse that she had been suffering and she told me two Gosh. weeks before I was about to marry the man that she'd suffered the abuse from that was the lowest and worst point in my life and so from that point and in that on that day I had to make some decisions one of those was that enough I've had enough it's not going to go on I'm going to love my daughter unconditionally no matter what come what may and I'm going to get through this heal myself and try my hardest to make sure others don't suffer in the same way and so that six weeks after that horrible moment on that day and in that next six weeks when I hit true rock bottom and wondered whether I should actually be alive those were the hardest and it was I guess it was my resilience and my stubbornness that said no more life is not going to be like this um, and started to work out how to heal myself and how to get through this trauma. You mentioned earlier that you are helping a lot of people as well, because no doubt, like this, um, well, trauma is is quite. Well, a lot of people experience trauma in one way or another. Yes. So, how have people responded mm -hmm. to your story and also your book as well? So. Um, I'm going to be really, really honest here. So the majority of the population are amazingly supportive, 
wonderful, kind. I've got beautiful letters from men in their 70s who've said reading your book gave me the courage to write my own story. Many conversations along those lines. Um, Lots of lovely support from women who've been in domestic violence. Lots of wonderful support from people who've suffered sexual abuse. The hardest part has been um, the fallout from family who have decided that I had no right to tell my story and had no right to talk about family dysfunction. And so that's been the hardest and the hardest to deal with. But ahead of all that is my desire for people to understand what happens to our brains when they've been traumatised, what happens to our thinking patterns when we've been traumatised, and to try and uh, realise and be gentle, kind and loving with themselves when they are in these situations and to protect themselves so that they don't go into the next situation because that's what's hap- what happens. You, you, you know girls from talking to people that domestic violence Some women go from one situation to the next to the next in a perpetual cycle. The reason that is, is because trauma changes the way that your brain functions and it changes the way that you think. And you have to do the hard work and soul searching to stop that pattern. And again, you can do that. It is hard work, but that's we need to understand that that's what happens in our brains when trauma is involved. I mean, there is a lot of um, talking about domestic violence. Uh, you know, that is such a uh, it's a topic. You know, current Horrible. topic. Yeah, current topic. Yeah. Uh, you've yeah. got government agencies, you've got police, and you've got many organisations now having um, a policy around domestic violence. Um, yes. How helpful are those? Do you think? I mean, as you've just mentioned, it is it traumatizes you and your brain thinks mm-hmm. and, and, and behave a certain way. Yes. Um, really, do you think it comes down at the end of the day to the individual to make that final decision decision to say this is enough, just like you did? I do think, absolutely, I think that it comes down to the individual. But for some women, no one's ever said to them that they have that power within them. No one's ever shown them or talk to them, or allow them to think that they can change the situation. So that's about the education. And I will really believe that we need to, and I don't disclude um, men from this conversation, but I'm thinking for our young women, if we could have some of this education in the senior levels of school and in young women's groups where we openly talked about what violence looks like, what treatment of, of women that is should not be tolerated and openly had those conversations and that education that would go a long way to helping stop the problem before it gets to murdering of beautiful women and their children and I think sometimes when you're in that situation you don't know that it is domestic violence because domestic abuse comes in so many different forms it could be emotional or not just not just physical as well 
So Tony, you're so are you, right. What are you doing um, at the moment? So are you um, basically coaching others, um, or, or what sort of work are you doing at the moment? So, <laughs> so um, in a roundabout way, after I uh, wrote the book, I uh, embarked on the production of the audio book. And that led to a conversation about my voice, which then led to um, an online radio show, which has now led to multiple online radio shows. And so now I like to tell people's stories, whether that's a personal story or a business story, because I believe everyone has a story to tell. Everyone has something to say, and I help them say it with online radio. So this week I have another seven live shows, uh, wow. either hosted or co-hosted with me, and um, I love to do that. I love to show up as this imperfect middle-aged girl with a journey in life, and that gives me a lot of insight into people's lives and the ability to tell story, tell their stories in a loving um, and loving way that gets their message across. And so that also goes into I help businesses uh, with their messaging and getting their brand out into the world. And of course, online radio is not such a big deal in Australia but it's massive in America and that's where the base of our listeners are but they are spread across the world apparently there's equal numbers in Germany and Russia that listen to our shows as well so that's um, a fascinating insight into what online radio can do for you. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> you, you do have a great voice, by yes, the way. It's, it's called really, radio voice. <laughs> it's just oh. really calming. Like, did yeah. you, is it always, uh, did you always have this sort of voice or did you do any voice <laughs> coaching training or whatever it is? Nothing, nothing, Kathy. I've done, I, it was a chance comment when the producer of the audio book finally convinced me to narrate my book myself because I was going to pay um, a voice um actor to do it she said no 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 I really want you to do it and she we this went backward and forward for like a couple of months before uh, this introverted quiet woman thought okay take a deep breath what have I got to lose and Simone promised that she would help me and get me through it and she did and at the end of it she's like I could listen to your voice for ages it's very calming and I'm like oh okay thank you and then I just yeah so who knows what can happen when you get to your 50s <laughs> start a whole new career that's that's so beautiful hey cause life begins at 50 is that is that right I agree yeah 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 absolutely yes. well then I can't yes. wait <laughs> yeah, no. it's I see. See, Di will tell you that the if there's something about a woman in your fifties. You no longer care That's what it. people think. Number one, yeah. number two, you've got a hell of a lot of life experience and wisdom that gives you confidence to say what you think and to challenge others on what they think. And mostly your children are grown or semi-grown and there's a freedom around what you can do with your life. So yes, absolutely. Women in their 50s, 60s and 70s, they're going to rock the world. Yes, that's that's going to be us, Tony. Um, you, you, yeah. you touched upon um, 
you know, having a dysfunctional family. By the way, I have too. Yes. Um, and, yes. you know, growing in a single parent household and, you know, coming here as a refugee and learning the English. So it's, yes. so, so it's really all of the struggles that migrants and refugees and, you know, women like myself and yeah. have experienced. Um, so do you think, <laughs> uh, you know, I put this, I guess, how much of your upbringing really influences the, the path that you've taken? And sometimes the, it could be the uh, an upbringing such as having a dysfunctional, uh, you know, family upbringing yes. that's really leads it yes. down to that path is that how you, yes. you see it as well look i do i see it that you you your parents um did the best job that they knew how to do with the skills and information that they had and i've worked really hard on forgiveness and understanding and it's from that point of forgiveness and understanding that I started to delve into why I did the things that I did why I had a problem with alcohol why I went in search of of drugs why I went in search of promiscuous relationships all of those things can be tied back to a lack of self-esteem um, a feeling of not being loved or accepted um, and and some generational stuff and when you start to look at yourself and look honestly and openly at the flaws and the mistakes in your life, you start to see what's behind those things. So yes, dysfunctional family contributes, but what you do with that is all your choice. And it starts between your ears in your mind. It starts with that self-talk and the way that you talk to yourself and the way that you feel about yourself, you can change that. So it doesn't matter what upbringing you have, you can change that. That's in your control and in your power. Um, and I wish someone had told me that when I was in my 20s. Tell me about it. We were just discussing today with one, yeah. one of the volunteers and we were talking about um, who've supported us and understanding his situation yeah. and thinking you know, how much can you actually give them um, that uh, advice in terms of uh, self-empowerment, yes. in terms of building self-confidence. And But at the end of the day, it's, it's you know, that, that information yes. has to yes. go into your own head and you then have to take action. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It, it comes down to a decision that you make about the action that you'll take. And no one's going to... No one's going to... Um, hold your hand or tell you what to do you've got to work it out yourself and you can work it out yourself and the more that you step into any sort of self-development any counseling any therapy that's going to help you improve your life and improve the way you think about life and the way that you think about yourself and again if I could teach all teenage girls about the importance of self-love and self-care before they left home, what a wonderful world we would live in because you can't help anyone else unless you help yourself first. Mm, that is so true. So I'm interested in your radio career right now by accident. Um, was yeah. there any – because it, I mean, it happens so quickly from yeah. 2018 to now. It's just in like less than yeah. two years. So have there been any moments or any setbacks um, during that period? Because, I mean, it was a, a new career. So And then how did you manage that as well? Oh, gosh. 
So lots of things happened. So I think for the first six months that I got behind my microphone every week for my first show, I would be physically sick. So I had to, like, I was so worried about what people would think. Um, what would I say? Did I have anything to say? And then as I started to work through all of that stuff, I realized that by being imperfectly me and just being me, because I no one else can be Tony, only I can be Tony, and the world and the people who listen, they're the ones that need that the the information that I talk about on radio so it became less about me and what was wrong with me and more about the information and knowledge I had that I could give to people to help them with their life to educate them about life and so that was one of the tough things was getting over my nerves and my introverted self and then the next thing was um, learning about the different platforms and making a few mistakes about the amount of money that I paid for those platforms and then realising that there there's a whole range of technology out there that you can use and picking which what technology works for me and works for the way that I like to work. So lots of journeying, lots of learning, and I am still learning. I'm learning every day and trying to improve what I do every single day. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but as long as I'm keeping on learning and transferring that knowledge to others, I'm, I'm a happy girl. And how do you, you said you do it weekly, um, you know, how do you find the time? Yeah. So obviously it's something that you just do this is what you do now and so it, it's something that you do on a weekly basis on a daily basis and you prepare for all of that by yourself yes. so I've <laughs> so I've had again huge growth particularly this year already um, and I've, I've just I've learned so much and some of that is around time management um, quarantining time in my diary for downtime uh, being organised, using technology to uh, assist. So technology that automates your emails, technology that sends you reminders, um, an electronic calendar booking system um, and being very strict with my diary. So these are the days that I have appointments available. These are the days that I prep for the next week's shows and etc. So being quite organised, very strategic in what I do when, and yes, quite a lot of work, and it does leave me a little breathlessly busy from time to time. But I'm I'm loving it. I'm loving the journey, and I'm I'm loving the learning at my age. I never thought that I would be actively learning so much so quickly about radio, internet marketing. <laughs> promotion, advertising, <laughs> uh, sound, uh, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> so, so have you stopped, um, you know, the 35 years in the health sector? Uh, you know, is that – are yeah. some of those skills transferable or, or have you kind of seen – Well, 
I was just, I was thinking about it the other day. So I've actually let my nursing license and registration go. So that was a big step for me in thinking this has to work now because I've got no fallback plan. And that's always a big motivator for me. So um, I let go of my consulting company. I stopped my nursing, uh, let go of my registration and thought, right, this has to work. And yes, so hold on, there's some technical, you just dropped out quite a bit. You said you 35, um, start again, 35 years, letting go of your nursing license. Yeah, so when I let go, when I let go of that nursing license, that was a crucial point because it's like, yeah, no plan B, this has to work. I have to make this work. I have to turn this into an income generation for me and the next 20 or 30 years because let's face it, we're going to live wonderful lives into our 80s and 90s. Our generation die. I know. You know, and Kathy's generation's probably their 90s and 100s. So, you know. (laughs) You want to live that long? I'm so What are you talking about? And yes, nursing skills are transferable. So I was in the operating theatre, so I've kind of got that fast-paced, organised mindset already from nursing, so that helps a lot. I genuinely care about people and I'm a good listener um, and and I love to connect with people and, and find out their stories, so that also helps being a radio interviewer. And um, lots of the stories from nursing. So, you know, talking, thinking about um, the bullying surgeons or the bossy doctors or the any of that sort of stuff, that transfers into real life because it doesn't just happen in health and hospitals. It happens across the world. Um, so lots of those learnings are transferred into what I do now. Um, but yes, would I have ever thought about being on radio? Yeah. No. <laughs> but then the universe had other ideas. Um, so, obviously, I mean, I was going to ask, you know, you've had, you've shared some of your um, lowest moments um, in your yes. personal life. Um, mm-hmm. what about some of the lowest moments on your journey to, you know, start, you know, Radio yes. Tony, to yeah. write your book, um, and to do this business? Where, what were some of those low, are there, were there lower, lowest moments in those time at those times as well? I think, I think those lowest, deepest, darkest, black I'm going to die moments were the ones in the aftermath of the disclosure. And I had an amazing GP. And one of the things he said to me was that your brain is tired, your mind is worn out, and some days all you're going to be able to do is breathe in and breathe out one moment at a time. And that actually became a mantra to get me through those toughest times. And I still use it today. When the going gets tough, I only have to think about one moment at a time. 
And that's just breathing in and breathing out. And that gets me through a lot of the tough times. In um, being new in the entrepreneurial space is fraught with those thoughts of, am I good enough? Who the hell do I think I am? Who the heck is listening? And again, it's like you've got to back yourself against all odds, back yourself believe in yourself and just keep going, just take action, even if that's one little action a day and sometimes it is one little action a day, just keep taking those small steps and eventually you'll get to a point in time and you'll look back and go, wow, I've really done a lot, I've come a long way and it's okay and that's all you want from life, you know, you want to set that example that it's tiny, constant action that will get you to the place that you want to go. And the other thing is getting very clear on my bigger vision and my bigger purpose and my passion in life. So what is your purpose? Yes. <laughs> What's that passion so in life? I had What's the fire? <laughs> what fuels you? I, I've had this uh, mission for a long time and that is to create beauty within myself and others with humility and love. That's it. Simple and beautiful. Yeah. And, and that when I'm making a difficult decision, having that uh, mission, you just go back to it and does this fit with my mission? If it doesn't, then let it go because not everything is meant for you just as just as not all the people that you meet are your people and um, you just need to let go of what is not meant for you and let go of people that are not meant for you and keep doing your thing and I guess again that comes back to um, this beautiful age that Diane and I are in where you start to um, hang sorry, on. You, in my sorry, you, you the, there was a lot of um, interference, so you need to go back to let go of people. As you were saying that, I can feel my body letting go. <laughs> <laughs> As you're saying letting yes. go, I thought, okay, let go of that person. Let go of that person. <laughs> As you, were you doing that? Yeah. Uh, no, when you were talking about breathing, I was like. <sighs> <laughs> yeah. So believe it or not, as you were saying those things, I was act actioning that in my yeah, body. Yeah, our bodies yeah. <laughs> responding. Yeah, but go back to you were saying about so letting go. So simple. Yeah. So yeah. simple and so powerful. I can't tell you the number of times that that breathing has got me through a, an incredible panicked moment, um, a moment when I feel incredibly flawed that moment when I make a mistake that impacts on something that I'm doing um, or that moment when you just don't feel good enough. Breathe in, breathe out and be grateful. I'm here, I'm breathing, I'm okay. It's going to be okay. That positive affirmation that it's always going to be okay. Bad things always pass. They never last forever. Bad feelings pass. They never last forever. 
they will pass. This too shall pass. I was about to say that. Yeah, and you had a feeling you were just like... <laughs> Did you see my body? Yeah, going, your body. Because I was going to say, I, I, I often say to myself, or, or sometimes I do share on social media saying, this too shall pass. There was this post that I did a few, I don't know if I shared it yet, but it says, this too shall pass. Even though it's painful like passing passing a kidney stone, it will pass. Yes. Did you see that? Yeah. Did I share that? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Definitely. Um, you know, so your story, your radio, what you do, um, it's you're trying to send a message out, especially to, you know, get that message out message up to women especially women in domestic violence yes um do you yourself get support to do what you do like you know do you fill your own cup for yourself as well and how do you do that yes so um i am very lucky to have an incredibly supportive husband and two adult children who are incredibly loving and supportive I have a tiny handful of girlfriends and a bigger group of beautiful women friends, like like die, like I just. I know. How do we so discover each other? I know, I know, I know. <laughs> there's just special women out there that you connect to, and you just have an instant synergy of feeling and relationship. Yeah. And I would count die as one of those people so it's in talking and connecting with those beautiful other people and for me I'm an introvert believe it or not um, and I need to fill my cup with quiet alone time and we live on a rural acreage property I have a beautiful garden um, an orchard uh, two llamas seven goats two dogs uh, a couple of ducks and a chicken and I, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, all I need to do is walk outside, walk down to the goats and sit with them. Goats are my spirit animal and they just, they fill my cup up. So, and then the other part of that is just making sure that you have time to have lunch with a girlfriend, uh, cuppa uh, with a friend, those sorts of things, simple things, but they're important and a core group of people that you can rely on for advice and understanding when going to get tough. Because it's always going to get tough. Oh, absolutely. It's always going to be someone, oh, yeah, yeah. I love how you've got llamas. And sleep. <laughs> and sleep. Sleep is very important. <laughs> I love how you've got lots of animals. And I personally find the same as well. Like pets are therapy. Yeah. It's just beautiful. Like they just, they just, Definitely. They, they don't judge. They just look at you with love. No. And kindness. And <laughs> we don't. Yes. Have, we don't have llamas. There's nothing. We don't. Quite. But I have a llama yeah. quilt. <laughs> it doesn't count. Yeah. Llamas are llamas are very cuddly. I have to tell you, um, Avocado, our white boy, um, he's white with beautiful brown spots all over him. He's a real cuddler. So oh. they've got long necks like giraffes, and he'll he'll wind his neck around your neck and snuggle in oh so they're good for the soul don't they spit at you (laughs) (laughs) no they only they only spit alpacas spit at humans Ah, llamas only spit at goats or other llamas Ah. and that's only if they're eating their food right okay 
gentle souls. Yeah. Um, look. Yeah. Um, so, do you? I mean, what? Um, for, what's important for you now? Like, where? Where to for you? Um, with what you're doing, obviously, con- you're continu- continuing with Radio Tony. Um, but yes. what, what are you up to next? So at the moment, um, my business is in that growth stage. So it's about partnering with um, more business and um, business people and helping them get their brand uh, across the world. It's about um, mentoring and helping people to get into online radio if that's what they like. Um, I've got a number of online courses that are in varying stages. So one of those is um, to be released in September, fingers crossed. That's online radio and podcasting. And then I want to do the, um, as you would understand, I'm pretty passionate about mental health. So there's yeah. a number of um, courses around mental health. Uh, once we get through whatever COVID world looks like, I will hopefully get back to my tours of the Philippines where we go and sponsor feeding programs in Manila um, and help to build houses and hospitals um, and then go and spend some time with that um, whole concept of self-nurturing, you know, massage and um, working on your mindset and helping people overcome fears, that sort of thing. Um, and yes, to be very successful, so I can help more people. The the um the what do you call it? Sorry, the internet gremlins. Yes, the gremlins. <laughs> this gremlins interfered again. You yeah, <laughs> it we, must we be heard you were going to the Philippines and rebuilding and um, doing all these wonderful things. And then you got to the point about looking after yourself, and then it's just the gremlins started to say, "No, <laughs> we're not going to let her share that part." <laughs> No looking after yourself. <laughs> no, the gremlin says, no, we're not going to let you look after yourself. It's like, how dare you? <laughs> so, yeah, so, but, but we've I got think, a gist, um, the gist. I think of the other part. The other part of the Philippines tour is about um, self-rejuvenation. So once you once they've experienced, my tour participants have experienced that um, social conscious portion of the tour then we do the self-nurturing massage reiki uh, yoga and uh, some little workshops around fears and conquering fear and mindset and that sort of stuff so I I hope that we can get those back on track in 2021 yeah god I think everybody is hoping to travel again as well in 2021 Um, it has been very um, kind of you know yeah. It has affected so many people. Random question. Yes. Um, do you do goat yoga? Yes. Because it's like a new thing at the moment. What? Goat yoga? <laughs> goat yoga. Goat yeah. yoga. So you do yoga with goats? You yeah. can. Yeah. They're <laughs> cheeky. Are they? <laughs> the only thing is that you have, you have to do it with baby goats because as the goats get bigger, they get heavier. So baby goats are definitely much better to do yoga with. My goats are older and, um, well, yes, they're very, uh, they're very athletic animals. They're funny. They do funny things and they do all sorts of jumps and twists and hijinks in the air. So, um, yeah, 
Goat yoga. Lots of people ask me about goat yoga, but no, my goats don't do yoga. Could they? Probably. <laughs> uh, this is the first time, first time that I've heard about goat yoga, but thank you, Catherine. Maybe for we'll bring in some goats. Goats and do some yoga here. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but look, uh, thank you so much for your time, Tony. Uh, in terms of your book, obviously it's available um, online. Is that right? It's an ebook on my website. If you, I've got two websites: yep. uh, tonylontis.com, radiotony.com. Books on both both sites or on Amazon. Okay, we will definitely have those links in this podcast when we uh, share it. Thank you. Uh, it'll probably be about two. You know, in, in a few weeks' time. Yes. Um, but we will definitely share yes. this. Um, but look, thank you so much for coming on to Dawncast and sharing your story. I hope that we can collaborate together uh, somehow. I don't know. When I hope I can get to. I hope I can get to Sydney to see you in person, Di. That yeah. would be great. That would be wouldn't awesome. It? But I can actually fly <laughs> up to North. Uh, as, as long yes. as, as long yes. as um, the Queensland Premier allows New South Wales residents to travel in, especially we're from the hot spot in the southwest, apparently, you know, we're I not know. allowed. Um, but as soon as the 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 border is lifted, <laughs> the yes. walls come down. Yes, we're gonna run. <laughs> we'll yes. be up there. We'll be up there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'll be up there for sure. Because it's. It's coming into a beautiful time of year on the Gold Coast where it's not too hot and it's not too cold. It's just lovely. Yeah. So, yeah, who knows? What's what's the situation with your COVID thing up there? Is COVID that bad? No, it's not, is it? Not in in Queensland. Because it's tropical. My theory is that COVID cannot survive in tropical climate. That's my theory. See, we haven't... We haven't comment. got much in the way of infection up here. No. So I guess the Premier just wants to keep it that way so that people have the opportunity to travel to the islands and, and all the rest that Queensland has to offer. Um, but, yes, she's effectively saying that the borders are going to stay closed for however long. Oh, well, we won't see each other for a while then. <laughs> <sighs> so disappointing. I know, but we will. We will meet. We shall meet again. We Definitely. shall meet again. <laughs> so thank you so much once again, Tony, again, Tony, for your time. Um, that was Tony Lontis, everybody, um, author of Resilience, a memoir of a broken little girl. Um, we will share the link where you can get the book and also she uh, presenter of Radio Tony. And again, we'll share some of the links um you know for to to tony's work uh, you've been listening to dawncast and if you like the story and you would like us to grow please click on the link below and subscribe to our channel dawncast i'm Di Lee. and i'm kathy Ngo. thank you everyone for listening talk to you soon see bye. you soon bye you better turn you better be there when i shake watch me rocking if i can't stop if I should fall, just go ahead, go and care.